but you're not in the Hall of Fame. Do you think you should be? Uh, I can only look at people that have been in there before me, and I think everyone in there deserves to be there. The problem is, when I have better statistics than them, then how come I'm not there, right? What's cracking? Welcome to episode 244 of the Jim Rohn Podcast. Thank you very much for finding your way back to the original side hustle, where this week... I am pumped to catch up with a hockey legend, a 19-year vet of the NHL, one of only five guys to ever rack up a 150-point season. My guest this week is former NHLer Bernie Nichols. Bernie had one hell of a journey to NHL stardom. From shockingly modest beginnings to running with the great one himself, Bernie is now telling his story completely in his brand new memoir, Bernie Nichols, From Floodlights to Bright Lights. So, let's not waste any time. Let's get right to this great conversation. It is episode 244 of the Jim Rome Podcast with longtime NHL or Bernie Nichols, and it's coming at you right now. Very excited about this. Bernie, it has been a moment or two, so it is just awesome to reconnect and get caught up. How are things? How is your life, Bernie? Everything's good, Jim. Back home in Canada. Uh, other than we got snow here now for the last couple of weeks, and obviously that's not going over too well, but uh, always glad to be home and uh, good to see and be with family again. That's the best. There's so much to talk about. You've got a memoir out right now, and I'm pumped for that, so I'm going to pick my spots. But because I grew up in Los Angeles, Bernie, we had season tickets to the LA Kings in the 70s when I was a kid. And then as a working member of the media, I experienced that unbelievable explosion of hockey in California and the Sun Belt when 99 arrived. So I was really excited to see you come out with your memoir, especially given how unique your journey is. What was it like for you, Bernie, to write this book? Oh, it was exciting. You know, um, growing up in a small town of uh, Halliburton, outside of Halliburton, I think the book explains... Uh, my life, right? From uh, floodlights to bright lights. Uh, we had like 75 people in my hometown. Uh, my dad built a nice rink in our front lawn. We'd have flight, floodlights out there. We'd plan all, all hours of the night. At our little school, we had uh, floodlights there with a, a, a rink. And then you go to uh, LA with 10 million people, uh, and that's the bright lights for sure. So uh, what a journey, right? Little town of 75 people to a big town or city of 10 million so it was quite the journey and uh quite a culture shock as well bernie i gotta say i mean it's it's one of the most astonishing things honestly that i've ever heard like i've done this a long long time i've talked to a lot of athletes that came from small towns went on to achieve great things but what you just said bernie 75 people you're from a town of 75 people i understand that your dad was an amazing coach an amazing guy but how do you explain growing up in a town that small and then achieving what you achieved it's absolutely astonishing no, it is, you know, and uh, the funny thing is when I got drafted, my mom come out and told me that I was going to Los Angeles, right? And as a small kid, all you ever dream about is playing in the NHL. And all we're, we really got up here was hockey night in Canada. You get the Toronto Maple Leafs every night. And uh, knowing that you get drafted by the Los Angeles Kings, that was quite the, the shock in itself. But uh, to go there, you know, I think as a player, you want to go to a team that's not loaded in your position. And other than Marcel Dion, uh, they really didn't have anybody after that that I was really too concerned about. So uh, getting drafted by them was awesome. You know, you go, like you said, you were a uh, season seat holder. We probably had our 10,000 season seat holders every night. 
until obviously Gretz came there in 88 and, and then it exploded. It was the place to be. And uh, Gretz turned LA into a hockey town, which it is to this day now. So Bernie, I mean, it's so different, right? Like it's, it's easy for people to say the way things are right now, but like I was there before you were drafted. And if you had 10,000 hardcore fans, when you got there, when we were going to the games, when I was a kid, I would say maybe 7,500. But the great thing was like, you could go to those games, Bernie. And because we were season ticket holders, you could go into the forum club afterwards. And it was just wild because you like have the likes of Rogie Vashon walking through there and the players would walk through there. It was like the most amazing experience. I'm curious what was it like there when you arrived as a player and then how dramatically did it change after 99 got there? Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, there was a, a small amount of people there, which you're not used to if you come from Canada, right? Like uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens, it's packed every night, sold out, lots of media people. And in LA, it was different. And a good night, we'd have 10,000 unless you had Gretzky in town or something like that. But the fans, they they took to us. They uh, the, the season fans that we had were loyal. They loved us. Uh, you could go up after uh, a game. Uh, you we were the only place in in the city or in the the league that had a bar where the fans could go and players could go, and uh, so you could meet them there and have a drink. And you know, for us, it was great. I think um, the fans appreciated. it. I think they were loyal to us. Uh, they took a liking to the, the players, and we just had a great relationship. So, Bernie, when you first got there, you mentioned that Marcel Dion was already there, so that was not a guy that you were going to beat out and take that spot from. But you looked at the roster, and you knew you fit in. Like, who were some of the guys you leaned on when you first got there? I would imagine Marcel. In fact, why don't we just stay on Marcel for a minute? Man, he... When I was a kid growing up watching Marcel, he was larger than life. I mean, that was a superstar right there. What was it like to share the room with him? Yeah, he was, um, you know, someone who scores over 700 goals in the NHL, obviously very gifted, right? And for me, being a centerman, I got to watch Mars play every day, got to watch him practice, learn from him, and he he was great for me, right? He, he uh, helped me out in, in a lot of situations just because we're both the same player. We're both offensively. I think guys like Charlie Simmer, uh, Mike Murphy was our co- or, uh, our captain at the time. Uh, those guys, they knew what, uh, you know, how important they were for us younger kids. And they took uh, us under their wing and really helped us out. Good dude, too. Definitely. Charlie Simmer was such a good dude. Yeah. And Murph, the captain, good guy, too. Bernie, so, like, just people have to understand, like, the Kings, you know where I'm going with this. You understand this. They're not what, – what they are now is not what they were then. And I would say in my entire career, Bernie, of covering sports – I don't know that I've ever been more astonished, literally, and this is not hyperbole, I don't know that I've ever been more astonished than I was the day that I discovered that the Kings were trading for the greatest player in the history of the sport, one of the greatest players in the history of any sport in his prime. I mean, you want to talk about astonishing. In all my years of doing this, I, I'd be hard-pressed to find something more shocking than that. As somebody on that team, in that room, what went through your mind when you found out Gretzky was coming to L.A.? Well, the first thing I, I did is I called the owner at the time, Bruce McNall, because like everybody else, I, I couldn't believe it. And he said, yes, absolutely. Uh, we got Gretz. Um, and going back, I remember having a playoff game in Edmonton in the early 80s. And I was having pregame around Inglewood. And I would ask a couple people if they knew if there was anything going on that night, you know, in town that I could go, you know, a game or anything. And no one had a clue that the Kings had a playoff game that night you know Incredible. and then 
you get you get grads there and it was a place to be as as good as the lakers were in the 80s and the dodgers when grads came uh the kings games were the place to be the celebrities came out uh and it was awesome for us right like like you remember having 10,000 fans there two three reporters a night to sold out every night and like 10, 15 reporters there every night because of Gretz. And it was awesome. I mean, and Bernie, you, from the minute he got there, it's like you were his guy. Like, he loved you. He loved you on the ice. He loved you off the ice. What do you think that connection was? Why was he so deeply and quickly connected to you the way he was? Well, I honestly don't know, Jim. And I, and I asked people from Edmonton before if uh, Gretz had someone that he just kind of hung with every night and this and that, and they said no. But for me, it was me, and I don't know why. Uh, obviously, thrilled to death he did. I think Gretz also knew that he, he was going to need help. He couldn't turn the franchise around on his own, right? So he needed help from myself, Luke, Davey Taylor. And uh, so he, he counted on me, and I think he, he probably felt being with me every day would, uh, would get the best out of me, which it did. You know, I remember, and I tell people this, I remember one time before a game, Gretz came up to me, and, just give me a little tap on my pads. And he says, I need you tonight. Right. And you're going, Oh my God, that's Gretzky asking you, you know, for that. So to me, it was obviously the best time of my life playing, having the opportunity to play with Gretz and uh, obviously benefit from it. Yeah. Bernie, what a great story that is. You just told. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake or eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from old trapper. Wild Trapper, because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender, and it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. Old Trapper is a family-owned business that takes smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried-out, tough beef in a bag? No one. It's like eating a shoe. Old Trapper is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old Fashioned is sweetened with a touch of brown sugar goodness, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy for those of you who like to take things up a notch. Next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper Witcher beef. And because Gretz, you wouldn't think so, but he kind of was introverted, a little bit shy. And, you know, leadership comes in all forms, right? But for a guy like that to just come and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, yo, I need you tonight, I could see where that would mean the world. Like, you know how leadership is, right? Sometimes the best players are not the best leaders, and sometimes the best leaders are not the best players. So, like, what was he like as a captain? Yeah, Gretz was quiet. Like you said, he was one of those guys that would get up and scream and yell. Uh, talk softly and talk more individually to guys, you know, but he led by example. And, and that's all you want from, from your leader, right? You watch him work every day. You watch how hard he plays. And, you know, I think that came from his dad, his dad one time told Gretz cause Gretz didn't feel like playing or, or just didn't have it. And he said, he shut it down that night. And, and his dad said, you know what? People come out every night and pay good money to watch you play. I, I need you to play hard every night. And, and Gretz did that every night, no matter what the score was in the game, he was going to play to the end. And, and I have that, you know, a lot of respect for Gretz that way. And, and he taught us the same thing, right? Play hard, play hard every night. Even if you're tired, even if you're hurt, you still go out and do your best and play as hard as you can. You know, it's so interesting because you think about Gretz, you think about his dad and then Bernie, I go back to your dad. 
you know, when you were growing up and your dad made those sacrifices and tried to help you become the best player you could possibly be, like every kid growing up in Canada, you want to play in the NHL. Like, what was your dad like when he was your coach? And really, was he not ahead of his time hockey-wise, even in a small town like that? Yeah, I really think he was, Jim. Um, my dad knew that you win and lose with your best players, right? And you play them. And for me, he knew what he had with me, right? So he he played he didn't work me hard, but he, he made sure I played hard because he knew what he had. And, you know, the funny thing is one time my mom told me with my dad, you know, uh, one of the parents said to him, you know, George, you're, you're not playing my son very much. And flat out, dad just looked at him and said, yeah, your dad, your son's just not that good. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, and that's the way dad was. He, he, he played his best players. Uh, he played, you know, he knew what he had with them and, and that's what you want from a coach, right? You, you want a coach that understands uh, what it takes to win. And, and my dad knew that. And he knew what he had with me. And, um, you know, he played the hell out of me, which obviously you like too. So um, that, that worked out well for me. You know, you mentioned, Bernie, that some of your best times ever in hockey was the time that you were with Wayne Gretzky in L.A. Look, you never want to be traded, but you understand that it's part of the business. You don't like it. You don't want it. But it's part of the business. However, it's another to be traded away from the Kings and from Gretzky when you yourself were playing so exceptionally well and had such an amazing thing going. That had to have been tough to deal with at the time. No, it was devastating. Um, you know, I, I tell people, I don't know what it'd be like to play with Gretz for uh, three, four, five years. You know, I got him for a year and a half and, you know, scored 70 goals in one year playing with him. It was just it was so much fun having the opportunity to play with him every day. And when they take that away from me, that's what hurts the most, you know, and as much as I know uh, it's part of the, the game, uh, that was a tough one for me. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is the go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. And right now, new customers can bet just 5 bucks on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everybody can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app. And then place the same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win huge. So do this. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use my code ROME, R-O-M-E. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code ROME, R-O-M-E. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. I wonder, Bernie, so they send you to the Rangers. Did being sent to an original six team take away any of the sting? And then what was that like? Well, uh, obviously going to an original six team was great. Uh, and going to New York, right? Madison Square Gardens, uh, original six team i got two of them i got new york and chicago for original six and to me that was nothing's going to make up for being traded right from la with wayne but going there was as good as place as you could go uh but i always said and my next trade as tough as it was uh was to edmonton but I always tell people as a canadian boy you gotta play somewhere in canada and for me it was edmonton 
And I really enjoyed my time there as well. You see, but Bernie, the thing is, I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, yeah, if you have to be traded, it's not a great thing, but as somebody, as a Canadian, you want to play for one of the franchises, so I would think that it would be awesome to go to Edmonton, especially since you had already played with the best ever in Gretz, then you were going to get a chance to play with one of the great leaders the sport's ever seen in Marc Messier, except Mess was included in the trade, wasn't he? <laughs> That's right. And and I tell people, Mars is, uh, Messier has always been my fiercest competitor. Like when I was in LA, we played Edmonton all the time and uh, we're both centermen. I have to go against them every night and it was tough. So um, as much as I was excited to go to Edmonton, I was kind of devastated that I, I didn't get a chance to play with Mark. Uh, but the cool thing for me is when I get traded to Edmonton, uh, who do we meet first round in the playoffs is the Kings. And, and they have Gretzky, Curry, uh, Marty McSorley, they have half the old Euler team from the 80s. Well, uh, as you know, we, we end up beating them. We beat them in six games. And uh, that was kind of gratifying for me to end up beating them uh, after being traded. Bernie, I bet it was better than kind of gratifying. What was that series like for you? That, <laughs> that must have been amazing. Yeah, uh, six games. Um, it, it was awesome. We beat them, I think, the first game in L.A., but we, we handled them pretty easily. Like I say, we beat them in six, but uh, to go against a team that traded you, it, it adds a little extra to it. And for me, it, it was extra special. Hey, Bernie, you mentioned Marty McSorley. I think you got to share your thoughts about Marty. I, I Marty, to me, I, I don't want to say there was a, di a dichotomy. You know how it is. Like it, Guys like that, first of all, Marty was a much better player, I think, and made himself a much better player than he got credit for because what he was known for, of course, was being an enforcer and making sure guys like you had enough room to play on the ice to do what you do best. But I can remember countless interviews, Bernie, with Marty. Marty was really cerebral, right? Like during the labor situations, he was a union rep, and he would come on the show and talk all the time and break it down. This was not necessarily the guy that he appeared. You know what I'm getting at? Like, so you, you did not want to mess with Marty yeah. ever, but there was a lot more there, wasn't there? There was, and Marty was a lot better player than people give him credit for. Right. Like, if you can remember, the goal that he set up that Gretzky broke the record, 8.02, was an unbelievable play. You know, Marty wasn't gifted with great skating, uh, but his hands and head were really good. And uh, obviously he could fight. No one fought better. But off the ice, uh, there's no one better. And I tell people to this day, Jim, it, and I do events all the time. Uh, if I'm doing an event, if I had the choice of having Gretzky, Mary Lemieux, or Marty McSorty there to talk to the, the people and interact with them, it's Marty all day. Marty has so much time for people. Uh, he, he loves communicating with them. He's just a, a really, really super guy. <laughs> that is a great anecdote. I love that. You know, another guy... Bernie, that I really liked, and I'm not looking to just talk about the enforcers, but a guy that I always loved, man. I loved Kenny Baumgartner. What about the bomber? What was he like to play with? Uh, yeah, Kenny was awesome. Um, tough, tough as nails, but uh, I had a, <laughs> we had a, a game one night against Philly, and Kenny didn't fight, but after leaving the parking lot, the, the uh, form club heading to the parking lot, some drunk guy came up and was kind of getting in my face and Kenny was with me. And then he thought he, you know, he could take Kenny on and thank God for us. There was a police officer there that seen it because the guy was drunk, but 
oh my God, Kenny get into him. And I could hear his friend go, oh my God, that's Kenny Baumgartner. Leave him alone. But uh, yeah, Kenny was, Kenny, he, he went to, uh, to Yale or Harvard. Kenny went to Harvard. Very smart guy. Hey, Jim Rome here. Have you ever experienced the flavor of actual live fire cooking? We're not talking about a fire pit in the backyard. This is about the big green egg, the ultimate cooking experience. An egg is the most versatile grill you're ever going to own. You can grill, roast, smoke, sear, and even bake. I'm not kidding. Try a pizza on the egg. It'll amaze you. Stop wasting money on grills that you have to replace every few years. We've all been there. We've done that. Forget the pellets and the knockoffs too. Listen to me. Roll with an authentic big green egg. It's a ceramic marvel backed by a lifetime warranty. It's simple to light, easy to use, and it works without a power source, so there's no need to plug anything in. And with the playoffs and the holidays approaching, you cannot beat a smoked turkey on an egg. It also makes an amazing gift, and they have two models that are perfect for tailgating. The best part is you can have it delivered to your house for free from a local dealer in your community. That's right. Shop online at BigGreenEgg.com. Have it delivered to your house for free. That's BigGreenEgg.com, and you will thank me later. Very smart, very big, very physical, and you'd have to be very dumb or very drunk or both yes. to want to mess with Kenny Baumgartner. I mean, that that, that is That's really right. drunk and really dumb. Yeah. You know, so Bernie, your numbers, you, you lived an amazing hockey life. And you mentioned the 70 goals. On top of the 70 goals, there were 150 points in a season. You're one of only eight guys to ever score 70 goals in a year. You're one of only five players ever to have 150 points in a season. But you're not in the Hall of Fame. Do you think you should be? Well, you know what? Uh, like for me, right? Uh, I can only look at people that have been in there before me. And, and I think everyone in there deserves to be there. The problem is when I have better statistics than them, then how come I'm not there, right? Like I'm thinking if I played in Toronto for my career, I would be there for sure. Uh, there's three kids that just went in this year that have done the exact same thing as me, but not even close to me in points um, and goals, assists, whatever. But Europeans, and they, they've maybe played in some European, uh, you know, the Olympics or Canada Cup. But when you look who uh, played for Canada in the Canada Cup, you got Gretzky, you got Lemieux. You got Stevie Eisenman, Dale Howarchuk, Doug Gilmore, Ryan Trache, like they're all Hall of Fame guys. So because I'm not on that team, that doesn't mean I'm not better than some of the guys that are in the Hall of Fame before me uh, in, in that plays in Europe. Right. So I think you're right. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. There, there absolutely is some luck involved. I mean, Bernie, for instance, for instance, if you had a cup, even one cup, I mean, I'm not saying it's not a no-brainer yes. already, but there'd be no doubt, right? If you had a cup, you'd be in for sure. I think so. And, you know, but that that that's works funny too, right? Because there's guys that have won four or five Stanley Cups right. because they're on a good team, right position, but not even close to me in stats. But And, and they're in, right? But uh, because I didn't, I think that's probably the, the main reason I'm not in. I guess, or 
but mainly because I played in the West Coast and all the, the uh, people who vote are from the East Coast and didn't get to watch me play. I think there's something to that. I've fought that fight as a broadcaster for a long time. We are on the West Coast, and our games do air late at night, and not everybody on the East Coast sees games in any sport on the West Coast. The thing is, Bernie, and before I let you go, a few more things, and it's so great to get caught up. I'm not saying this compares, but ultimately, you went back to the Kings as a consultant when you were done, and one of the things you did for them was help shore up their power play because, frankly, it was not good, and you were always great, great on the power play. And you dealt with some players, and they got hot. They went on a run. They won a cup. It's not the same as being a player and winning a cup, but you were there for that. I'm curious, what was that experience like? It was amazing, uh, and I've said since, you know, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to – uh, win it as a player, right? Uh, I was with them. I went in January and I was always with the players more so than the coaches, you know, uh, but to, to go through the run with them, to experience what they experienced just at, in a different position, uh, I still understood what they were going through and, and lived every minute with them and, and to go on the run like we did and end up winning like we did, it, it was really special. I'm curious, Bernie, like the cup, it's it's so unusual to get your name on the cup, to be a part of the Stanley Cup. I've always made the argument that winning a championship in the NHL because of the, the attrition rate, which you have to do in the postseason, I think it's the toughest thing to win in any sport. So the cup is just different. You did have the cup for a day. Another reason why the cup is different, everybody gets to keep it for a day. I'm really curious, you being who you are and the fact that you grew up in a town of 75, what was that day with the cup like? What did you do? Well, it was really special, Jim. And and like you said, there's not a, a tougher cup to win, right? Like you play every other day probably for two months in the playoffs. And uh, not you don't get much rest. But for me, having the opportunity to show it to my mom and dad, uh, I had it at the school where I went, I, I, at the ice rink, and I had people come and, and, and see it. I had it at the house for the day uh, and had lots of friends and family down. It was what a special tradition they have for that, right? Like every, every league should do that. It's just a, a special day for everybody. So for me, having my, my uh, mom and dad see it, hold it, uh, my daughter, who, who was with me during that uh, run. It was really a lot of fun for everybody. Jay Woods of OmegaTaxCredits.com is with me now. You've actually started a new operation, a new wing, Omega Funding Solutions. Exactly what is that and how does that work? You file an amended payroll tax return with the IRS and the IRS is backed up. You know, they were hit by COVID too. They had the pandemic to deal with. So it's taking them anywhere from six months to a year to process these refunds. So we came out with a solution where we can help you get access to that cash earlier in as, as little as two weeks. See if you qualify for an ERC tax refund from the IRS, OmegaTaxCredits.com. You know, Bernie, I just want to touch on something. You talk about your daughter and your family. The thing about this memoir is, I mean, you opened yourself up and you're very vulnerable and you're very honest. It seems to me the hardest thing in the entire world. You know, we have two kids, one who's a senior in college, one who's a senior in high school now. The hardest thing in the entire world is to lose a child because you're not supposed to outlive your kids. Yet you write about losing your child in chapter eight in the book. It's really a, an incredibly painful thing, I would imagine, to put the words to paper. Was it cathartic in any way, knowing that you might be helping somebody and sharing your story? And your thoughts on that? Well, I think uh, for me with, with the writer, uh, he made sure I got all the emotion out, and especially with that, right? Like for me, it's tough. And a lot of people, you know, not that they don't understand it, and, and they don't because they've never been through it, but trying to play, right? I, I get traded to uh new jersey at the time and it was a week later 
that he went in the hospital and and uh, the doctor took too much. He wasn't feeling well, but they took too much spinal fluid and he kind of had a stroke right there. Right. Mm-hmm. So now I'm in, in New Jersey trying to play. Uh, I travel back and forth at times to see him in the hospital. But when there's nothing you can do and, and that's weighing on you while you're, you're trying to play, um, that, that was tough. But for me, it was something that I, I had to get out. Right. Uh, that's part of it. I think when you when you're writing a story or writing a book, you, you have to tell everything. And, and that was some tough times for sure. Uh, but you got to get through it. You got to move on. But to try to play uh, the rest of that year was very difficult. Brilliant. I think you said it best. There's no way that anybody could possibly understand. How, how could anybody, unless they went through something that traumatic, understand it? Did like Lou Lamarillo was there, obviously, with New Jersey. Was he good about that type of thing? I would imagine he probably was or as good as you could be if you're management. Yeah, he was awesome, Jim. He would he would fly me out west. Uh, you know, if we were traveling, going there, he'd fly me out early uh, to go home or just uh, if we we were home for a few days, he would fly me out to, to spend some time there and, and come back. So he was awesome with that. He uh, he went above and beyond uh, what you'd expect. I appreciate hearing that too. So what's it been like, Bernie? The book is out. You did it. You put the time in. You laid your heart out there. You put it out there. What's the reaction been like? What are fans saying when they read the book and they find you? You know what? Uh, Everybody so far has told me they loved it. I've had, you know, uh, a lot of the family people I've given it to have just said they really enjoy it. Uh, Some, I've had someone says it's the best sports book they've read. So uh, I've had great feedback which obviously makes you feel good, right? You, you lay your heart out there. You, you tell your story. You, you want everybody to enjoy it. And, and maybe the, because they're family, they have to tell you they like it. But for the most part, everybody's told me they've really enjoyed it. So uh, that makes me feel real good. Well, I can tell you from me to you, I love it. Now, I'm a little bit biased because that was one of my favorite times ever in this town and covering that team and being a part of that. But I was thrilled to see it. I think your journey, Bernie, is absolutely incredible. And, you know, one of the reasons, and this is, I'm being very honest, one of the reasons I'm still hitting this thing as hard as I can is I love conversations like this. I feel like there's so much equity in that we all, I don't know, you do it as long as I've done this and it's always so so gratifying and thrilling to have a conversation like this where somebody like you remembers, hey, Jim, it's great to get caught up. It's great to talk to you. This is one of the reasons why I still do this. So I was thrilled to see the book. It is a tremendous read. If people want to get it, I would imagine they get the book wherever they get their books, right? Yes. And and also I have the Bernie Nichols Foundation. Yes. Tell uh, me about it. BernieNichols.com that all that all the proceeds go to the, the foundation with that. And it's out in bookstores as well. So uh, anywhere they want to get it, uh, I, you know, that's awesome. But, uh, uh with me, it goes to the foundation and, and I like that even better, even better from floodlights yeah. to bright lights. It is a tremendous book. Bernie Nichols has his memoir out. Bernie, awesome book, awesome read. And so great to get caught up. I really appreciate that so much. That was an absolute blast. Well, Jim, when I was told, uh, I was doing it with you, I was so excited. I was looking forward to Uh, visiting with you. So I appreciate your time, Jim, and uh, it's always good talking to you. So what is the fastest ball sport in the world? Not baseball, not tennis. In fact, it is the sport of Hylai, spelled J-A-I-A-L-A-I, originating in the Basque region of Spain. 
and played professionally in the U.S., most notably in the 1980s. Hyla is making an unprecedented comeback. The ball reaches speeds of 150 miles per hour. The action is intense. The danger factor is high. Six-person teams of professional athletes play the sport at the Magic City Fronten in Miami, Florida. I invite you to check out all the action Monday and Tuesday at 5 p.m. and Friday night at 7 p.m. Go to HighLightWorld.com or download the free Highlight app in the App Store. The sport with its intensity and athleticism is well worth watching. Check out all the action at HighlightWorld.com. Matches are played similar to tennis with a player or team required to win two sets to win a match. Each set is played up to six points. It is a sport you need to check out. HighlightWorld.com. Monday and Tuesday at 5 p.m., Friday at 7 p.m. My thanks to Bernie Nichols. So good to get caught up with him. And those were some pretty wild times back at the L.A. Forum in the 80s. The Forum Club in particular, and even more wild that this guy found himself in those wild times after growing up in a town of 75 people. That is actually mind-blowing. So I hope you all got as much out of that conversation as I did, because conversations like this one are exactly why we are still pumping out a brand new pod every single week. Long-form, premium, unfiltered chats that you cannot get and will not hear anywhere else. And if you're interested in more of the same, they all hold up, and then they're all right there for you. Hit subscribe right now. That way you will never go looking for it. It will always find you instead. And while you're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and shoot you your voicemails. First new message. What's up, Mr. Vance Mack? This is Ricky from Tampa. I'm currently in Russia where I'm coaching the Kamchatka Kangaroos of the SBA which is the Siberian Basketball Association. I've been meaning to call you, sir, but we've been busy getting ready for a cross-border exhibition game against the Harbin Hippopotamuses of China. But I really wanted to call you to weigh in on a certain Mr. Stephen Nash, and I hate to have to do this, sir. I really hate to do this. I really didn't want to do this, but I told you. I told you, sir. I told you. And all I can say about the Brooklyn Nets organization is they're just completely, utterly, indubitably, Ridiculous, sir. I mean, ridiculously ridiculous, sir. They're ridiculous. And that's all I have to say, sir. Message saved. Next message. Van Smack. Hey, the Lions are on a two-game winning streak? I better head to the Sunday evening service and get right with my God. Message saved. Next message. Well, hello, Romafia. But that was yesterday. Bills had the ball in their hands. They're still a six and three team with just a slight change of plans. That was yesterday. The game has come and gone. Don't hide in yesterday. Just burn it all. Go Bills. Message deleted. Next message. Fox sucks. The best two minutes in football of the season to go to the Rams-Cardinals. Two losing records. Meanless game. Renee, what do you have to say? I cannot comment right now. All right, my wife is pissed. Message saved. Next message. Jim Jimmery, Jim Jimmery, Jim Jim Jimru. <laughs> Jim, Lance and OKC. Pretty big dad fail on my part the other day. The young kid I walked up to him and says, hey, Pop, where does poo come from? Well, after a really descriptive answer as to where poo comes from, he looked at me confused and said, but what about Tigger?
Uh oh! <laughs> Message deleted. You have no more messages.